Dispelling myths of the female orgasm. Do you feel broken because you don't orgasm with a partner a certain way or at all with your partner? We're about to get a reality check on how women actually come with author of the book, Women's Anatomy of Arousal, and founder of the Intimate Arts Center, Sherry Winston. You're listening to TNA. Why are you? <laughs> wow, I'm off today. <laughs> You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A. <laughs> So we ran our beer bobbles contest contest this week. And for all those people who wrote in and wrote reviews on iTunes. Thank you. Thank you. And we drew names out of our magic hat. And the winners of these fabulous beard ornaments. <gasps> who is it? Are Mark Gray and Gina Levy. Yeah. And Mark Gray actually has his own fun little uh, show on YouTube. He has uh, with Von Puppet. Professor Puppet. Professor Hans oh, Von Puppet. Hans Von Puppet. Hilarious, totally hilarious content. Love his work. He's on um, YouTube, yeah. And we're excited to uh, hand out those beard bubbles. And then also uh, stay tuned for the break where we talk about our Christmas or holiday codes. Yeah, TNA, TNI have our top holiday picks coming up during the break. Yep, and you can find it online as well at our blog site, www.tatalksex.com. And now we're going to talk about orgasms. I have an interesting question for you with, with this topic. I Ms. love T. questions. So I was thinking about this. How did you, what was your concept of orgasming when you were younger? Yeah. Like, how did you think women orgasmed? Okay. Uh... I feel like this is twofold. When I was really young, I just masturbated a lot. Well, like, <laughs> and like I young, like five. like really young. Oh yeah, yeah. Really, you masturbating? Oh my five? god, like a lot. What really? <laughs> yes. Wow. I'm yeah. impressed. Thanks. Uh, I was just like like I would uh, I would like grind a a pole or something if I was happened to be jumping a fence and got caught oh. in a moment, but. Oh, cotton. Oh, no, I would like go to my bedroom and like, and, I know I would use like a sheet. I would use, you know, like you kind of like things that you rub on. Right. Sure. Okay. But yeah. Maybe a hand. I mean, I had a friend and I like my friend and I are maybe experimental, but nothing. Yeah. Just playing with the pleasure of what we now know is the clitoris. Okay. Uh, and then would I would orgasm. Do you know? Yeah. Wow. When you were like five? Well, a clitoral. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah, I peak and then you're like, huh. <laughs> That was good. Um, and then, yeah, I guess Very later cool. in life, yeah, like middle school, all this, I masturbated a lot, yeah. Uh-huh. And then uh, and then I would say once I actually had sex, like mm-hmm. I remember with my first partner, maybe even with like my third partner, I would have these feelings, right? And I'd be like, like that feels really good. Like I could get there, but I don't know how. Uh-huh. And you can't, you know, you're like trying to harness it basically. And and I feel like that was really left out of the conversation with friends when we talk about sex. Like no one was saying, okay, and then this is how you reach orgasm. Right. So you just thought you had sex and, and orgasm happened. Yeah. Like I thought, the, I thought the guy was going to do it to me. Okay. That somehow having a guy present would just... I was, I I hear you. I was very similar. Mine was like, I mean, I started orgasming when I was orgasming, masturbating when I was like 13 or 14, but just with my hand, no, no, like I didn't use my finger or like a dildo or anything. No penetration. No penetration. Right. Me either. And then, but, um, so I, I recognize that as orgasm, but I, I thought that when you had sex, it would just be so different, you know? Yeah. Like I, I'll, all I had in my mind for what happened during sex was what I saw in film 
because that's all I ever I mean I never saw my parents I knew I knew that my parents had like intimate time it was just this nebulous cloud I had no idea what happened then (laughs) you know (laughs) so all I had was was film and tv and whatever and it was just okay you see people well and what your friends tell you right and I know penis goes into the vagina but yeah and all your friends say though is just I had sex and uh, he sucked my breasts or yeah his finger went inside me but they don't you don't as a teenager it was more about like the action that happened not the feelings or anything that went along with it right and so I just thought that when you had sex it was the humping and the intercourse that made you orgasm and and then when I I did when I had sex when I was 17 yeah I just I wasn't orgasming um but I I didn't orgasm for like 10 years but I think it was it was like I had this idea that sex was different than masturbation and so well, I have to say, I wasn't supposed to touch myself during sex, or I don't know. Yeah, I right. Like, no, I had I had discomfort around that early on. I was very embarrassed. Like I had a partner that would say, well, "What do like, you want?" And I'm like, "I don't know." You're like the second person I've had sex with. <laughs> but but I luckily I felt like he actually was a bit of a guide, and he showed me um, more how to orgasm. But I feel like I also am a very curious person, and it kind of like a light bulb went off for me where I was going, "Oh." I have to like work at this with my partner and it's like this dual action thing that's going to make me come. Right. I I mean, that's great that you heard that. I, I literally, there was a time in my early 20s where I thought I was broken. I'm like, there is something hmm. sexually wrong with, like I didn't feel bad about it. It was just a fact. Like I'm not like other women because I didn't, I don't look at it. I'm still this way. I don't look at a guy who's hot on the street and I'm like, oh yeah, I want to have sex with you. I'm just not that way. No, no. I don't think it's most more, women. Well, I would say that you are like more, most women. Okay. I don't think most women well, are like that. I would that. just hear girlfriends talk. Oh, he's so hot. He's so beautiful. And well, I'm, I'm like, like oh, that. Like, yeah, right. That's what I mean. So I'm not. Like, if, anyway. And then, and then on top, you know, on top of that was this orgasm issue that I was having and, and I couldn't orgasm with a partner. And I'm like, I just don't think... I don't know. It's just not an anatomically or whatever. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Like it's not for you. Right. Exactly. And then, and then, you know, things started changing when I actually got into sex work and totally embraced my sexuality in a whole new way. Wow. And life changed, totally changed my life in a very good way. So anyway, well, for me, I had a, I also had a friend who asked me, you know, more about how to actually get there with, uh, during sex. Yeah. To have an orgasm. girlfriend. Yeah, a girlfriend asked me. I mean, we had already started our show. Right. Um, but I would say for, I mean, you know, a couple partners in, I was able to, whatever that means, right? It's <laughs> like, no, no, like I was able to orgasm with my partner right. um, through a sex act that allows you to orgasm as a woman, <laughs> right? Not, not, yeah, yeah. not just like, well, I'm thrusting, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, I, we're going to talk more about it with Sherry. But we, we wanted to... So basically, this topic came up because of a listener. We do, but let's bring on Sherry first because oh. I think she'll want to yeah. chime in on that. So anyway, so Sherry joined us for our show on menstruation. We love everything that she does at the Intimate Arts Center. Uh, dot com. So um, Sherry, you welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure to chat with you again. Yeah. And, uh, one of my favorite topics: orgasm. Yay! You wrote the book on it, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> figuratively speaking, you wrote well, several amazing books, but arousal is um, definitely key to orgasm for a woman yeah yeah and and i'm glad you invited me in because as you're talking about your history i'm like you know i keep wanting to sort of chime in and go well for me <laughs> no tell us what's yeah. your experience been well well for me um i did start self-pleasuring when i was like 11 or 12 and i did figure out how to have orgasms it was the um 
the water, the water faucet on the bathtub that yeah. I was using. I actually every had night. a jacuzzi. It was the jet. Yeah, like, yeah, I'd run the hot water tank dry every night, like after everyone else had gone to bed. <laughs> I'd use up all the hot water. Um, anyway, but uh, and then I sort of uh, figured I could I figured out how to do it with my hands, and I was already fooling around um, predominantly with boys, and um, and I'd get really excited, but I didn't have orgasms with them. And I thought it was because, you know, we weren't doing it. We weren't having real sex. Mm-hmm. And I thought that when you did have intercourse, that that's when you'd have an orgasm with, with a boy. Right. That's what I thought. And so I did it because I thought, you know. Like, I need to reach that holy grail. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just thought that's what you're supposed to do. You know, I didn't realize there were other options or I could wait or say no. I was really quite young. Mm. And, um, and, I, and, and doing it wasn't really that fun I definitely didn't have orgasms and it wasn't nearly as much fun as the you know we'd I'd been fooling around with you know boys with hands and have them going down on me and stuff like that and I was like wait the when they're using their hands sometimes it's good sometimes they don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. when they're using their mouths that's pretty good sometimes I would occasionally have an orgasm but I I didn't know why or how and yeah how to right. duplicate it okay? right I had no communication skills so I, I mean I could make myself come but it wasn't until I was probably late teens, early 20s in there that I started realizing um, you've got to talk, you've got to communicate. That was like a big aha moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I should mention my first sexual experience, like my first time having sex, I was already 20. <laughs> so I was able to, yeah, like get there faster. Yeah. I feel like that's relevant. Yeah, well, hmm. right. You know, if you start when you're really young and you have different things you have to learn. And then, you know, I still didn't have orgasms with intercourse until I started realizing that there was this learning curve of orgasm. And that's when I started putting the pieces together and figuring out this is what needs to happen and this is what I need to learn. This is what my partner needs to learn. And and then, and then I really um, sort of uh, went through various stages of orgasmic learning is how mm-hmm. I look at it. So and I think most of us most of us do do that. Most women. Yeah. I uh, think that process can be really fun too. Rather than, you know, it's like, wow, I'm getting better at it. Yeah. Rather than walking around feeling like there's something wrong with you if you haven't gotten it, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I felt bad yeah. for my partners too because I would tell them, they'd be like, Oh, did you come? And I'm like no, but see, it's not you. Like I, I, I've never come before. And then it would become everybody's mission and goal to make me come. And I almost didn't want to tell anybody <laughs> because then it was just such like a thing and focus. Wow. You yeah, know, no, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, performance anxiety is no one's friend in the bedroom. But the other strategy that a lot of women use is just faking orgasm and not telling their partner that they're not having orgasms. And that doesn't really work well either because you're giving your partner incorrect feedback about what's working and what's not. And neither of you are learning um, how to do the, how to have orgasms. So I think, um, you know, if we can be honest that there's a learning journey involved, that nobody's broken, it's just stuff you haven't learned yet. And then relax about the learning journey. Uh, I think we'll tend to do better. Totally. You know, when when my when I when I became sexually active when I was seventeen, I was very responsible about about it, and it, I, it helped because my mother was very welcoming, and she'd always say, "Whenever you want to have sex, just." 
tell me, let me know so that we can get you on birth control. Like she didn't want me to be, you know, get pregnant and I don't know, make her same mistake or something, you know? And, um, yeah, off, pretty which, awesome, was, which is right great. There. Right. So I, so I did, and I said, you know, I had this boyfriend, I thought I was in love with him and we're going to have sex. So I get on birth control, da, da, da. But, and so my mom's number one, I said, uh, her number one tip to me basically <laughs> Um, when I came back to her after the first few times of having sex and it not being really enjoyable at all, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just, he was very, he came very quickly and whatnot. But anyway, she said to me. He was also his first, it was early He was also a virgin, right, right, yeah. And so she had said, you just, Steph, you just need to relax and get out of your head. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean? I think people who have maybe been now, doing it for a while forget like what it's like to be exactly, the, you know, in the beginning. In hindsight now, after like it literally was a 10 year journey of finding my orgasm. <laughs> I should write a book, my 10 year journey. But um, but now I totally see it. And so for me, that performance anxiety, the right versus wrong, which has been a big theme in my life in general, like all these things really factored in and it really was so much in my head. But now I see the value of her wise words. But um, but yeah, it's hard if you tell someone to just relax and let go. You know what I mean? Do you have any particular <clears throat> tools or tricks that you use? Or lots, <laughs> lots. I think there's a because lot. you know whether whether we're still in the phase of our lives where we're learning to be more reliably orgasmic, or what I call orgasmically proficient which means you can get to your orgasm somehow or another. And then if we keep developing our skills, we can develop what I call orgasmic mastery, which means we have lots of paths to get to our orgasms and we can get there lots of ways and have a wide variety of orgasms. But wherever we are on that learning journey, um, we can always get derailed by our thinking part of our brain. Right. You know, the, the, the uh, there's the executive office in the brain that's like in the penthouse and that does all the CEO stuff like the executive decisions, thinking, planning. Um, and if we're stuck in that part of our brain, like thinking about, oh, I forgot to send that email back and oh, I wonder if I'm going to um, get this done tomorrow. And oh, and then we can get into where, oh, my gosh, look at all that laundry. I've really I've got to do laundry. And, Man, it's really dusty. I've got to. And or we get into the the critical part of the brain. I, I call that radio fuck you. Yeah. You know, yeah. the radio yeah. station. Hate your body or something. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you're so fat. Oh, my God. What's she going to think? Oh, my God. Is she bored? Oh, my. Yeah. You know, this. Oh, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Oh, oh right. I didn't shave my legs. Oh, oh. I didn't. What's my partner going to think? Oh, they're going to think I'm too slutty. Are they going to think I'm not slutty enough? Yeah. Ugh, yeah, that right? was me. That I mean, all the critical part. Yeah. Yeah. So, so both of those parts of our brain, we want to get them offline. And so how do we do that? We do that by engaging what I call our sex craft tools, but our embodied, um, uh, built-in toolkit that we have. So our body tools are things like using our breath, sound, movement, um, touch, uh, our, our uh, mind tools of awareness and attention, really mindfulness tools, um, heart tools, self-love, self-care, uh, and if we want to, uh, uh, spiritual tools, how we make things sacred. But we've got all these different toolkits. But the, the big one in this case is, is the body tools of breathing, mm. sound, and movement. Yeah. And one of the 
things I, I teach and probably almost every class where I'm teaching embodied skills is to breathe, make sound and pump your pelvic floor muscles in a coordinated way. That's just that, right. like <laughs> those three things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like to be told that I feel like, yeah, I feel like consciously, like when I was having sex, it was like, oh, those things were happening. Right. I would, I didn't know to use those words. Right. Like your pelvic floor muscles. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sherry, I, I, you know, I was something I think about when you're talking about this. Sorry, that was mm-hmm. <laughs> convoluted. Uh, <laughs> is is just how, um, you know, I lost my thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It happens to the best. That's of a us. good place to be if you're ready to <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> are you no right? i don't know i don't know <laughs> maybe after it's the just show Monday morning take care of that <laughs> um let me throw in let me just yeah, throw yeah. In, which is that if we if we if we're a little lighter about sex if we're taking it a little more lightly if we're not like it's all so serious and has to happen now and we've got to get there and we just kind of shift into it's about pleasure and connection with yourself uh, if you're having solo sex with a partner if you're having partner sex um, and if you shift into feeling and sensation and focusing on pleasure that's another way to get the uh, those chatter boxes in your head to shut the hell up oh yes mm. I remember what I wanted to say uh, it was I feel like a lot of people run into this early on in in exploring themselves, which is, is this normal? And you kind of, and I have that a lot. I've noticed that a lot when I do like new things. I'm going, is this normal? Is this how it's supposed Mm -hmm, to be? Is this how it's supposed to be? And um, yeah, and I I feel like there are more commonalities than not in how a woman orgasms. I mean, I don't know if you can comment on that, Cherry. I mean, I think there's obviously, you said a lot of different ways and paths, but there Mm -hmm. are some basics that are going to get you closer. I don't yeah. Well, here's one of these Zen cone answers, right? Is that uh, there are a lot of things that are really similar and we're all such individuals. So there's no, there is no normal. There is no right way. There's many, many, many ways. And it's really about finding your own paths. And here's the, you know, on the other hand, at the same time, we can say certain things tend to be true for most women most of the time. Uh, we can say for most women, most of the time, it takes us a while to get turned on. We're more like a pot of water that has to come to a boil than um, for most men, their sexual energy is more like a fire in dry tinder. Mm-hmm. So most men doesn't take them a lot of time and energy to get their erotic fire going and it's focused in their genitals and they're usually, especially younger men, but usually like like, you know, I got a heart on. Let's do something with it. But, um, I, you know, I like the analogy, actually, of the fire tinder, uh, because also you need the fire to make the water boil. And, and you know, my yeah. And my male partners that I've had that are so excited to do that and understand that they need to warm me up to get me there so that they can release. Right. <laughs> they need to control their fire if they want your right. water to boil. Yeah. And then <laughs> it's exciting and a fun uh, process. Right. And that's that's what most men can work on learning, which is how do they sustain that fire and build the fire and keep the fire going um, and actually often slow their own energy down and spread their energy out. So it's not just all in their crotch. And for most women, it's more about how do we heat up our water, bring it to a boil, 
uh, concentrate it and uh, and 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 get it um, directed where we want it. And keeping in mind, we all have both kinds of energy. Mm-hmm. Right? Everybody's got both. So if I'm having solo sex, then I've got to be the fire and the water, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yes. Yeah, so how do we? Um, Uh, say what's normal for women well one thing we can say is that for most women most of the time we want our non-sexual body parts turned on first right right yeah right touch me all over wake my whole body up right don't just go for my clit Please don't please (laughs) please don't. don't like that any guys that are listening yes right so for, for most women, it's you want to touch the, the non-sexual parts of the body right. and then touch the sort of secondary sexual parts. Which like, would be breasts, you know, bottom. Breasts. Um, but even then, you don't necessarily want to go right for the nipple, right? No. Right? Actually, we yeah. just read an article, too, about massaging the breast all around, right? Even swirly patterns. Even the vagina. Touching the nipple. Like the vulva and the in their inner thighs. And Wait, what about it? Oh, you're saying even when right. you go down there. Right. It's, it's like start out. Anyway, do, Sherry, yes. tell us. <laughs> exactly right. Start on the edges and work your way in. Right. Right. So so even if you've gotten to the point where you've you've, you know, licked your toes and stroked her legs and nibbled the back of her neck and, you know, and stroked all the way up and down her spine and, you know, found that delicate spot, you know, in her in her elbow and Sherry. back of her knees and right, if you do all that and then you're heading to the crotch, still don't dive into the crotch. Still start by circling around. Get close, tease, get yeah. close and move a little bit away and then get close again and, and build up that energy and that anticipation. And then when you do get to the crotch, circle around the edges. Right. Which is going to get there faster that way. I, just I mean, wanna, orgasmically. I just want to make yeah. a note. I think that like for guys who are listening, I wonder if, because I don't know if guys feel this uh, sensorily the same way that we women do, but like having you, Having, you know, my, the back of the hair on the back of my neck brushed away slightly and a little gentle kiss is such a sensual feeling. I don't know if oh, guys it chills up and down your right, body. Exactly. So these little things that Sherry's talking about is like sets off so much. And I don't know, like just to put it in the brains out there for men that maybe don't think that that's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Like it. Yeah. All those feel strokes. it so much. I don't right. know if guys feel it the same way. Mine feels like a map is going off like little lights when you see those globe mm-hmm. maps and it's, <laughs> and the lights all turn on all around the globe and it's, and it's spinning right. A fast speed one. Like my brain does that. Like I feel it all over. I mean, it's kind of like a, um, I mean a massage though. I feel like men can relate right. to that too, but you're right. This, if you're feeling it in your crotch, the way like when you get a massage and you're going, oh, I don't want to get hard and you're thinking something else, a woman's feeling that all over, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. From a neck brush well, or whatever. Or an elbow. It's, yeah. a, it's a beautiful image. And that's exactly what, what we want. We want everything turned on and not just the genitals, but the genitals sort of last, get everything else turned on. And then we're going to be ready, eager, anticipating, wanting that kind of contact. So, so generally speaking, um, we can say that that's true. Another thing we can say is that for most women, most of the time, the head of the clitoris is a, an essential component of our uh, turn on, our stimulation, and our orgasm. 
So I think it's really important that we give the head of the clitoris the focus it deserves. And here's the thing a lot of people don't know. Um, women have a whole network of structures made out of erectile tissue. And the head of the clitoris is like the, the jewel in the crown. It's the most sensitive. It's the most intense. It's really kind of the keystone. But we have additional erogenous structures. And to get full-on, deep, thorough, total arousal for women means getting all of those other structures engorged as well. And since most people don't even know that they exist, um, you're not playing with them, your partner's not playing with them, your healthcare provider doesn't know they exist, your sex teacher or your tantra <laughs> don't know they exist, so they're not getting the attention they deserve. So it's really worthwhile finding out what's actually there, all the parts you really have, including the ones that are left out of pretty much most of the books, um, and then taking the time to stimulate all of those parts. And I would even say first, like you were saying, outside in, for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah. Um, so I show you the tissues that you're talking about. There, yeah. Are you saying they're even outside of the clitoris, that they exist in other like areas? They, they go down your legs, right? Is that what you're talking about? Sort of the... No. Well, down the thighs. No. Okay. Um, okay. Well, in my first book, Women's Anatomy of Arousal, this is kind of the heart or really the crotch of the book. <laughs> Women have a number of erectile structures. The head of the clitoris is one part of the three-part clitoris. The clitoris also has a, a shaft and two legs. And then there are additional structures. There's a set of structures called the vestibular bulbs. They're two big wads of erectile tissue under the labia on either side of the vaginal opening. Uh, there's also erectile tissue under the floor of the vagina and the wall between the vagina and the anal canals. And then there's also a tube of erectile tissue that surrounds the tube of the urethra. Um, and that is just above the vagina and um, the bottom of which is what people are now calling the G-spot. So, so much you... fun. It's like an elaborate playground. <laughs> so many opportunities. It's so amazing when you get it all turned on. And, I, and when I teach about this, I think this is actually the most radical, essential, empowering stuff I teach is about this, the female anatomy. Because when, first of all, when your mental map and your experience in your body become congruent, it just blows your experience wide open. That was my, what happened for me. And then I get women telling me all the time the same thing happens for them. And so suddenly there's so much more erogenous stuff to play with and all these parts of your, your lit up brain map that you're talking about yeah. that you didn't even know were there are lighting up. Right. Right. So that really is amazing. And, amazing. um, and then when all of those structures are engorged, it acts like a, a cuff, like a connected circuit. And so you get so much more pleasure from everything. I mean, that's one of the one of the ways to learn to have orgasms from intercourse. And um, there's a number of different tricks and techniques. You know, the thing is, I just have to say this, intercourse, penetration for most women is the least likely stimulation to get us to orgasm yes but with that we're going to break yeah we're, we're gonna, gonna take, take a break and we're gonna pick up with that because that's a big <laughs> pot of gold right there yeah <laughs> um and we'll we want to share um some of karen's work uh, anyway we'll, well we're gonna we'll to what okay we're uh we're talking with sherry winston <laughs> intimateartcenter.com and uh, you can pick up her book uh, which she's referencing from the women's anatomy of arousal 
And you're listening to TNA Talk Sex. You can find uh, more information at tatalksex.com, Instagram, uh, TA Talk Sex. Yay. Same at Twitter. Join the conversation. It's the holidays, and I hate it when I don't know what to get somebody. So T and I are helping you out with that, and we we got discount codes for our top two picks for the holiday season. So I picked We Would Watches. It's the only watch I've worn in the past five years. They plant a tree for every watch they sell. It's a unique gift that's perfect for men, women, teens, everybody. And the wood comes from Reclaimed Wood. The discount code is capital all caps W-O-O-D. I love that watch too. Uh, okay, my pick, T, is the AmmoAudio.com. So they're high-powered speakers like Jambox, but in a real ammo cam can. So it's a great gift for men who you don't know what the heck to buy them. Uh, they're made by U.S. veterans, made in the U.S. The code is capital S E X ten. So capital S lowercase E X one zero, and uh, you can find all of that info on TATalkSex.com. Uh, there's a for ammoaudio.com it's a $10 discount and back to the show welcome back to TNA Talk Sex we're chatting with Sherry Winston um right now we actually chose to do this show topic because we had um one of our favorite listeners i shouldn't rank anyone they're all fantastic <laughs> well uh, we, it's just we have we have good conversations with karen, karen yeah gordon. so karen gordon who's um an erotic novelist but she mentioned her frustration with the way that a lot of erotic literature is portraying the female orgasm and since a lot of women consume it like because they love it and it is arousing um it, it can send us maybe down the wrong path. It can Since perpetuate not, this myth of yeah. intercourse, orgasm, or... Because we're not getting the right information, or we don't have easy access to it, right? And our parents aren't teaching us, and school is not teaching us. Yeah. Like Sherry said, our doctors aren't teaching us. Um, so, so, yeah, we wanted to read a couple examples that Karen sent us of, like, errant information. And just to give an example of, like, because when you see these, pers- when you see these, you're like... Because, I don't know, off the top of your head, you're like, ah, I don't really think, I don't have any myths about female orgasm. But when you really see it in paper, it's like, wow, yeah, that's... Well, really books and movies, strange. like everything, how it's it's mm-hmm. just it's entertainment and fantasy. But like, it's, yeah, it's not Realistic. the full picture. But go ahead. Right. So here's some... some Let's hear some. I don't want to write it, but whatever. Some bad examples. Yeah. Um, okay. So this, I'm not going to tell you what it's from. doesn't really matter. But uh, a popular, very popular and well-consumed book. As I tightened and shook, I realized I was going to come from that, just from the expert thrust of him inside me. Oh, no. Sounds that good. sounds like just well, that, well that's so it's the exciting. Thing. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this like Fifty Shades, right? Like I for me, <laughs> it's like, well, like I, you know, I probably did. Ma- I think I did masturbate. To it. Like I did. Orgasm. I was totally turned on. Right. I read the a couple writing of was sex. awful, but well, but I would read certain passages. I like the but sex the scenes and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to orgasm from that, even though it's not literal. Right. 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 OK. Uh, so here's here's another example. He strains through his clenched teeth, driving harder a few more body-blowing, mind-numbing times before yelling, Now! I let it go, all of the pent-up heaviness in my groin, the weight in my lungs and the fire in my belly. On and on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mocking it. Like, I really do enjoy... Uh, I, I, oh, wait, there's a, there's, oh, a, there's a tail end. Okay, wait, so then... And then he says, you're not fucking going anywhere, he growls, shifting his hips and plunging full length into me, stretching me to the most incredible level. Again, nothing wrong with it, but like not accurate. You know, like, yeah, the plunging is actually the least of 
he probably did a bunch of warming up of her no, before. But he, no, but in the fantasy version of these, he probably didn't. Right, in the you book. You know what I mean? Yeah, in, the book's like this hot intellectual But these game are written by women. Fun. These are female written erotic novels. So it kind of goes into this conversation of like the fantasy that exists that we have I, I know that in my sexual fantasies anyway there is there really isn't I don't have an hour of warming up it's just it's just full of desire and it is a lot like what's written here oh your sexual encounters yeah no my sexual my fantasies oh okay yeah well I just I just have to jump in and say that in my fantasies there often is like at least 10 minutes of just fantasizing warm-up stuff like what you might I don't even call it warm-up or foreplay but fantasizing things that aren't intercourse like the person and titillating you story. that's interesting you know the story and the characters and the well that's setting. true <laughs> that's no, true actually you've the also story, learned that the story is definitely part of it but I don't have like I'm not, I'm not envisioning a bunch of foreplay to be honest uh, maybe oh, that indicates that there's something wrong with my fantasy I don't know <laughs> well but maybe, maybe you're all fantasy... like you're screwed <laughs> no but the story that you learned that you were told so now this is what yeah. you manufacture I don't when you're know trying I to think come. it's more that and and this was brought up in what do women want book but I, I think it's more about the desire I think what gets me off consistently in my fantasies mm-hmm. you guys are really learning a lot about me um is okay. the is the desire like they want me so badly you know yeah. or I think our listeners already know a lot about you <laughs> well, now they know more but i think that that's key i think that that's key in the fantasies and part of the buildup of the story for me is about being desired that much it's yeah about, like somebody that that being wanted and and i just have to note something this is that that there's there's two kinds of desire there's spontaneous desire and and responsive desire. Spontaneous desire is just, I'm so horny, I want to play with myself and have an orgasm. And that's just kind of comes from inside yourself. But responsive desire is, I'm so turned on because somebody is desiring me, or I'm, I'm getting turned on by the play. And now my desire arises in response to that. Right. And women tend to have more of the latter. Can I touch on, I, this is a bit of an aside, but um, a and I have had a lot of conversations about how people love to call it the rape fantasy, but they're like, well, why do women have this rape fantasy? And then as a woman, you're like, yeah, but I don't really want to be raped. I just imagine this man forcing himself on me. And it's, and we, I have the rape fantasy. Well, so I'm do I. to admit it. Or I have these, like, you know, images of like restraint and there's penetration and all this, but, but we talked about it and we almost want to like reword it because it's not accurate that it's a rape fantasy. It's actually what we're talking about, which is that this person is so overcome with desire they just can't control themselves. Yeah, and you're thrilled yeah. by it. And I think that's right. a more accurate representation instead of sort of labeling it as this negative thing. And then you feel like, why would I want to be raped and, and ashamed of having this desire? I think that's a really great point. It just made about sort of reframing that as it's the being overwhelmingly desired fantasy. Yeah. And that actually might help people who are confused about the difference between what sexual assault is um and right. and isn't uh if we stop calling those fantasies right fantasies by the yeah. way yes true yeah i yes. feel better about that now thanks guys yeah so how this all relates into intercourse is that i mean like what we were saying that all this fantasy exists and it's all titillating and and arousing and whatnot but when but yes in 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 our minds we can have this like one thrust and i'm coming kind of desire um, but in reality, it's it's and then maybe as a, especially as a teenager, like I would I was expecting sex to be that way. But it's 
often not right can i say i think in film i know like we're jumping all over but like with media if we say books and film and all this like a lot of times it's like at least in film they don't show it all because it's like a plot point right it's a, a, a like you need to understand sim- yeah you need to understand symbolically they had sex now we're going to move on to the next plot point so they they show the intimation of it or the penetration of it, and then it's like well, okay i don't next. know or maybe because it's mostly a male dominated industry and they're showing what men no you're right think well, is hot well the question is can there be Good there. I mean, and there are there are films and books out there that do accurately show more sensuality. And so, again, back to our listener, Karen, who sent us. So she sent us a few examples that kind of elaborate like real sex, like a a positive. Right. Okay. yes. Before you go on, can I just I just want to interject because I, you know, I read this stuff and I watch things on, you know, TV and movies and everything. And and it seems to me the sort of standard plot line does not involve what we would call foreplay. Right. Right. Sensuality. They, they come together, the clothes go flying and either we fade to black or depending on how explicit it is, the next moment they're screwing their brains out and she's coming and, you know, it, and, and it's, and I'm just always going like, uh, where's the foreplay? Where's, you know, like turn her on. Yeah. It's not and fun to watch. It's, it's, it's just, it doesn't actually even take a lot because in the very few times where I see something, you know, it just can be, you know, a nibble, a touch, a look. It, it doesn't take a lot of book time or film time to intimate the turn on phase. Okay, um, that film Unfaithful, there's a little moment where he like grazes the back of her neck. I uh, never forgot it. <laughs> exactly the moment you mean. Oh, yeah. my God. I need to see it. It's super. Yeah. So as female filmmakers, we, we can help change this. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I thought we cut you off, Cher. You're like, what? Yes. That's funny. Don't stop the foreplay. Yeah. Because they're so rare, those moments. I mean, they stand out. That's so hot for us. um, Because in real life, it would be so hot. It would turn us on. That by the time they are ripping each other's clothes off and having sex, then we believe that there's that deep arousal and, and, and energy there for the woman as opposed to what we usually see, which is they go right to intercourse and boom, she's just loving it. And then for most of us real women, if we were having that experience, we wouldn't be loving it like that. Right, right. And, you know, and then you get me who's a total, I'm a total product of what I learned from media. I mean, about sex, right? And and it took me 10 years of unlearning, I think- retraining. I had a few fetishes angry about. that I learned it from media and then I would like do it once and be like, okay, that was fun. Like it didn't, you know, like I didn't, it didn't have longevity. Like the, well, the fantasy this- isn't anywhere near as much as what we're talking about, which is like these arousals. Well, I just had no other model. So it's just like, oh, that's what's supposed to happen. I'm just supposed right. to want to tear his clothes off and have this amazing sex. And then the reality is that's not happening. Therefore I am broken. Like that's just basic, oh, yeah. you know? Well, so I think that's what's, I feel I wonder if that's what's going on. Hey, just in this conversation, you had already earlier on, you made the comment like, oh, I'm not like other women. Right. When I was well, when I was no, but I'm saying right there, there's a judgment and an assumption that somehow mm-hmm. it's not normal. But I'm not alone. I mean, it's so, no, so, that's so why I'm pointing it out. Like right. here we are. We're doing a sex podcast and we have these. So let's know. talk about intercourse. Yeah. So why? OK, so there here's all this evidence of why we would think that intercourse is going to provide us the ultimate golden orgasm but what can you share 
mutual simultaneous orgasm. Oh, even better. Right? <laughs> now, I have orgasmed at the same time as men. Okay, that's true. No, I'm not saying this hasn't happened, but the cases are more rare. Well, and so, for some reason, it's it's fetishized as well. It's like this golden, like, again, a holy grail of, like, and you, know why? Like you should be striving for it. I wonder if I it's because, it relevance to me. in my experience, men want to be the one to provide you with this orgasm. Yeah. And so if it's their cock inside of you that's giving that amazing orgasm, it makes them, I don't know, I'm just wondering. Well, can I, well, Sherry? I, oh. Well, I will say, first of all, these are learnable skills. Most of us do not start out orgasmic from intercourse. We can learn to become orgasmic from intercourse. And particularly with a, an ongoing partner where you're in a really good learning relationship, you actually can learn to have um, mutual simultaneous orgasms. And they're really awesome. It's Through an awesome intercourse? experience. And yeah. In fact, you know, women, women, you can learn to be so multi-orgasmic that you can basically be having orgasms most of the time while you're having intercourse. Okay, let me clarify Thanks. one thing. Let me ask a clarifying question. Are you talking about intercourse while stimulating the clit or just intercourse alone or both? Well, or? Uh, uh, either. Um, you can learn to have no hands, uh, no vibrator, no additional clitoral stimulation, orgasms from intercourse. You can learn to be so orgasmic that basically you're having orgasms ongoingly while you're having intercourse and i have to say once you learn how to do that you really don't want to go back to doing it any other way <laughs> <laughs> yeah well can i say and i don't even think i've yeah. like discovered everything but i'm like closer to it and it's kind of what you're talking about which is for me i like people i remember you know uh esther steinberg was on to talking about the way that she has sex and and again kind of more this normal narrative of like oral sex is what gets her there um for me i actually prefer penetration and I found that I need this penetration slash clitoral stimulation where it's like a seesaw that that's what makes me orgasm so for me I do orgasm technically right during sex and then I do have these moments where because he's turned on that I'm coming at the same time we all come at the same time right <laughs> yeah it's so exciting but but just what you're talking about Sherry I'm like okay but I know there's this next level because I have these like tremors where I'm like oh I'm about to like come but right. I'm not like during all the four you know whatever the warm-up stuff like it takes a while to get to that like so you're saying you're just noticing me. that there's another level that you're you're looking forward to exploring. Yeah, no, but I'm also talking about being able to orgasm during sex, like actual without penetration. Stimulation. Without, well, sorry, without I haven't manual. gotten there. I've right. not gotten there. I definitely need clitoral learnable. stimulation. It's all learnable. Okay. All learnable. And it sounds like you're totally on the path to learning to do all of those things. Yeah. yeah. That's part of what you do is you kind of go, oh, I'm learning now. It's easier to get to my orgasm and there's more ways I can um, promote my own inner orgasmic experience and this is the learning journey we're on I will share um, just real quickly that I did I started and I also need to reclaim some street cred I'm not as or not orgasmically challenged like I was 10 years ago now it's a totally different story but I did do body work with a sexual bod a sexological body worker and it was, uh, I did about four, four or five sessions. It was phenomenal. Totally shifted my, I think, opened me up sexually, energetically in a lot of ways. And I just had a weekend getaway with a lover. And, um, and it was the first time I'd actually had like prolonged intercourse, like for consistent, because I've been single and not 
really loving on anyone but um few months so so anyway so i did notice this big shift where it is like there i am feel like i'm getting closer to that area of being able to orgasm but one thing i noticed sharing i'm wondering if you can shed some light on this is having i was experiencing orgasmic tremors after an orgasm but that for like 10 minutes or something like a long oh yeah i have this too but that technically is or an orgasm right like you're still orgasming you know how people talk about the 90 minute orgasm or whatnot is that part of that well you know defining an orgasm in the first place is a little tricky but uh i i used to call those aftershocks yeah, I think they're like after, yeah, after like an earthquake. I mean, it's a tremor. Yeah, okay. those little tremors afterwards. And using those tremors and enhancing them is a way to start training yourself to have basically full-on hands-off orgasms, right? So using things like breath, sound, your pelvic floor muscles, movement, intention, awareness, start to amplify those tremors. When you feel that tremor kind of roll through your body, breathe into it, pulse your muscles, make a little sound, rock into it, and see if you can amplify those tremors. And that's one of the paths to sort of um, learning to have hands-off orgasms. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> so exciting. I have my homework. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have homework. But I think that's important to remember, too, like while we're talking about it, it kind of it's fun, but it is like homework. Like you have to pay attention and like try these things. I don't it's know. It's just going to magically happen on its own. Yeah. And I, I feel like maybe Sherry, you could talk about, so bringing, I feel like this is the advanced course, but if we bring it back to here I am as, you know, a young woman, I'm having sex. It's just penetration. It's not working. And I love my partner. I love having sex with him, but I'm, you know what I mean? It's not happening. So, you know what I mean? Like, where do we start? I think it can be difficult because the man and the woman maybe don't have the vocabulary, either of them, right? Well, um, yeah. So I think, first of all, where it starts is it starts with ourselves. So, um, you know, not all women self-pleasure. So let's just start with that. Mm-hmm. Any woman listening to this, if you are not playing with yourself, then it is time to start. That's where we begin our learning. So start pleasuring yourself, start touching yourself, start finding what feels good. Uh, you might want to experiment with vibrators and those sorts of toys. Um, handheld shower massager can be awesome. Um, but really learn your own path to orgasm by yourself. Then you combine that with your partner playing. You start teaching your partner. And again, generally the things that are going to get us to orgasm um, more easily are usually hands and our partner, our hands, their hands, um, and our partner's mouth is often usually a, and their hands together. Um and maybe a toy together, all of the above, you know, just really have lots of options. And um, and then with intercourse, do not have penetration until it feels absolutely awesome. So that usually means that you're in high level arousal, that you've taken some time to get there. So you're really deeply into it. Your entire erectile network is engorged. And at that point, having something inside your vagina should feel so good to be like, Oh my God, that's the most amazing feeling. And if anything's inside your vagina, a finger, a toy, a penis, whatever, if it's inside your vagina and it's just okay, it's like, Oh, that's nice. That's fine. That's okay. That is too soon. You're not ready to have that in there. Um, Actually on that note, let's, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just saying the last thing is that, um, and then when you're having intercourse, Um, use all of your inner tools, your muscles, your breathing and stuff like that 
and clitoral stimulation and start having orgasms in whatever way is easy using all of that stuff. And then the next level of learning um, would be with less, uh, less clitoral, direct clitoral stimulation. Can I ask, I also, I feel like a, a barrier for me early on was my fear of asking. And I think I said this sort of just going, well, what's normal? I don't want to embarrass myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the fear that my partner is going to not want to do it or judge it. Um, but I, I've, I have had a number of partners where I have said, I'm not ready. You can't penetrate yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not mean about it. I just, I'm just like, I'm not yeah. ready. I'm not ready. No. And, and maybe if they, and if they do try more than one, I'm like, no, I'm not ready. Right. Well, um, I think, I yeah, know. that's, that's important for women to say. And it's important for, for men to know and to hear that that's not a negative judgment or a criticism. It's we're giving you a weather report, right? Right, right. This is, this is where the, where there the system is now. Uh, we're not where, where that would feel good, but where where these other things would feel awesome. Um, and in fact, if men are really smart, really good lovers, they are actually going to wait until we're asking, please, please, please put something out. Brilliant. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like make that your goal. Get your woman to beg. But don't ask her to beg. Like let her come to the begging on her own and then you really know. <laughs> or 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 letting her know that, that you're going, you know, like, like you want to give a framework, right? So like, yeah. you know, honey, I'm just going to like go down on you and pleasure you until you're just crazy. And, you know, and, and when you're you're ready to have me inside, you just let me know and I'll be there. But, you know, actually, it's such a turn on to have also to have a guy ask, are you ready to have me inside? Instead of just pushing in, banging in, jumping on, sticking it totally. in. Totally. But I also agree that uh, it, it takes courage, and I'm actually still learning this myself, to be able to be honest about it. Because I feel like I've been, from whatever weird sexual ideas and beliefs I've picked up along the route of life, one mm-hmm. of them is this, I, like, this undercurrent sort of story running that I'm there to please him so Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. I don't acknowledge my own voice or I don't want to disappoint and Mm -hmm. so I oftentimes will just allow myself well he wants it so let me go there and and I mean I'm I'm, it's something I'm aware of and so I then don't allow that to be the driver but it is it is a practice and so T what you're saying like you know developing your voice and saying it that takes that takes courage even over the weekend I noticed when I didn't do that you know and this was just yesterday (laughs) yeah but um but so yeah that's that's the big learning and it's about reframing uh the cultural picture of sex as a male-centered model based on male arousal male readiness and it doesn't really incorporate how female arousal tends to operate but if men are really smart, they're going to encourage us. We need to encourage ourselves and learn how to how to say these things. But if they're really smart, they're also going to encourage that. Because the truth is, if he waits until you're really ready, the sex is going to be so much more awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've had partners that, that do that. And I feel lucky that they exactly encouraged me because I, w- I did have fear and I was nervous. And that helped me find my voice. And right. then I, I remember having a moment once with a partner, which is kind of what we're talking about like he was sort of teasing me and I think at one point but he never sort of announced it in the beginning yeah. and he right. and I finally I was like why aren't you just having sex with me like, like I want, <laughs> and, and then I and then he was like I was he's like well I was wait like yeah basically like I was intentionally yeah. trying to like tease you and I was like oh 
I was like, well, please, I want to have sex with you now. (laughs) Or when I say have sex, that's interesting too, right? It's word choice, but penetrate, right? Like go in now. That that is a really important point because a lot of times people conflate have sex with have intercourse. And if we start separating them out and saying, well, sex is all the erotic activities we engage in and, and intercourse is one course in a multi-course feast and it's not the real thing or the only thing or the important thing um and in fact the the more time we take getting turned on and 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 playing and pleasuring the better that will be when we get to that course right Mm. so it's, it's an important point to kind of what do we mean when we say have sex Sherry, I wanted to ask, one of my experiences regarding penetration, um, like intercourse, you know, throughout my life, I'm, I'm 30 now, um, I feel like it's got, it has gotten easier uh, to, to orgasm through penetration, either with clitoral stimulation at the same time, and then I have had a few orgasms without clitoral, like just intercourse alone. My, my question is, is that, I don't know. I was wondering if there was a link hormonally, like to the body of what happens as you age. I mean, I felt a big hormone shift at 24 and then 30. Um, Or it might also, I sort of attribute it to my spiritual or personal unfolding. But I'm just curious if that's a trend you see and if you had any further explanation. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's hormonal. I think it's us learning ourselves and becoming more confident and comfortable in ourselves. Um, getting more empowered in our lives, learning how our sexuality operates, you know, rejecting some of those cultural models or starting to question them. So I think as uh, as we age, we get more masterful at the becoming a sexual being. Uh, we learn more things. Like you're you're learning how um, to have orgasms with intercourse. Now you can you can kind of go along in the kind of more unconscious learning journey, or you can go, okay, I would like to learn how to do this thing. I'm going to do a program of figuring out how to train my mind body to be able to have orgasms from intercourse or from giving head. You can learn to have orgasms from, from giving a blowjob, which is kind of an awesome skill. That's a win-win everybody loves. Um, but you know, if you're looking at the sort of porn model, right? In the porn model, um, you know, the plumber shows up at the door and, you know, two minutes later, they're on the floor boffing and she's having screaming orgasms or she's she's sucking him and, and, and just, you know, having orgasms from it or something. If you do it like the porn model does, you're not going to learn those skills. You learn those skills in a very different way, but they're actually learnable skills. Well, so... And- does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But also, I just you hitting on the the kind of the woman screaming and all this stuff. I, I find it interesting. Like I will, if I'm ex- receiving this kind of sensual pleasure, I'm I make a lot of noise, but I'm not orgasming. And I think it's always interesting for me. I haven't resolved it. Maybe you can comment, Sherry. Like for a lot of guys, they can't tell. They're like, "Did you just come? Was that the the release?" And sometimes I'll even have sort of silent orgasms, so they are smaller. Right. You know, you do have to tell them. Right. So they do have this expectation of like, like that it's screaming. Gonna... Yeah. But I could be screaming and all of a sudden I get silent. I'm like, oh, I just came. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Is there, you know, I, maybe it's a, it's a way of feeling like the it. muscles. I mean, how does the guy know? They don't know. They'll so never we have to know. tell them. 
We'll never know. Now, now, if you're with a partner in an ongoing way, you start learning each other's signals. These are the sounds I make when I'm at mid-level arousal. These are the sounds I tend to make when I'm getting close to orgasm. This is the sound I make that 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 means keep going, keep doing that exact thing you're doing right now, you know. And this is what it sounds like when I'm coming. Um, and sometimes I get quiet when I'm coming and sometimes I make more sound when I'm coming. So this is about learning partners. Um, and if it's a partner you don't know that well, then it's really helpful to give cues and clues um, and throw in an occasional word like I'm coming or I'm about to come or keep doing that um, and to use our words. So it, it's about learning communication, really. And there is no right or wrong way. But I do think we also have the um, porn sound thing, the porn sounds. Um, hey, and our minds. You know what I mean, the porn sound thing? I totally do. Yes, it's like commercial. It's like the commercial audio to sex, to commercial sex. Uh, <laughs> well, right. okay, but what's funny is when I first started having sex, I was like embarrassed to make noise. So right. I had to learn to let out my sound. Yeah, most we all do. Yeah, none, I but, don't think anybody starts having sex and is, free, is releasing their sound because we have so much sound inhibition. So that's one of the learnings, I think, well, I won't say everyone, you, but for the vast majority of us, we have to learn to free our sound. And yeah. then, but then you're making the point that when you're freeing your sound, be careful of performing it, right? <laughs> right, of mimicking yeah. porn. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's one of the challenge, the cultural challenges around sex. So I grew up in a different generation, right? So I didn't have porn. I did not grow up with porn. I didn't have computers. You know, maybe I looked at, sneaked a look at my dad's Playboys or something, but, you know, it wasn't very um, uh, informative, right? So I grew up still thinking, like, am I doing it right? Or what am I supposed to be doing? The same questions. But I was just sort of fumbling through and trying to figure it out. Now, you've grown up in a generation where you've been looking at porn, and so you have this idea of what sex is supposed to look like from the outside, right, and what it's supposed to sound like and who does what to who. And here you are still with the same questions, though, or am I doing it right? How is it supposed to be? Am I normal? So it's kind of interesting that we, I think we still have the same questions no matter what. Mm. But <clears throat> great sex is something that comes happens inside ourselves. And has nothing to do with what it looks like from the outside. And so that shift of, of uh, being centered in ourselves and our own experience is where, where we all need to go. And from there, you, don't, you aren't asking, does it look right? Am I doing it right? Um, is this normal? From that point, you're like, you, you know, yes, this feels good. This feels right. This feels pleasurable. And so I think that's where we all want to go. But I, I, interestingly enough, don't think that um, having all this porn has actually helped people have better sex. No, no. yeah, no, but I think I, it's been made worse. Yeah, I mean, well, I think it's we've lost the, or maybe we never had the um, understanding that, to me, now now that I have, actually from doing our show, when we started analyzing it more, it's like, oh, it's fantasy and it's entertainment and it can be fun. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not the same as like mastering your body and education and and developing a skill set, um, right? Yeah, and so exactly. so it's not to say oh don't consume it, but know yeah. that that's not going to lead you to better sex with your partner, right? Right. It's to say porn is entertainment, not education. Exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, oh, go ahead. A do you? No, go ahead. I was going to go on to a different topic. Go ahead. 
Um, no, just just the idea of like porn sex versus real sex. Uh, oh, I, I think, Sherry, when you're just talking about having a partner that you start learning each other's cues. I mean, for me, like I love having new partners and new sexual experiences. But I think that when you're in a longer term relationship, I think this can be something that's really exciting. Um, all the stuff that you're talking about makes me go, oh, wow, that's these are things that you can work on um, together no matter how long you've been together like in fact you should be able to then understand each other and you know like a good rowing team <laughs> get there faster yep. um, it's true sort of and you know and the other piece of this is the more skilled you get with yourself in terms of your sexual response and your communication skills and so forth the easier it is to have awesome sex with new partners right right right, right. so so it's a win-win whether however you like to partner um because there is the fun and excitement and the novelty of a of a new partner and and when you're really skilled with your own sexual response you can give them the cues and the information more quickly more easily um uh, to help the experience go better right you can bring that your your sexual wisdom um to a more casual experience or a new partner and have it be pretty awesome so there's one of the other myths that you see you see the myth i think of you know, brand new partner, hook up, whatever kind of sex, and they have awesome sex. Yeah, or like yeah. he should just, know. Right? But the truth is a lot of times if you're having sex with somebody you don't really know well, um, it often isn't the most great sex ever, right? Because you don't know what you're doing and you're awkward and they don't know and you don't have good communication. Um, but when you become really sexually skilled, you can – that you can you can do that, that kind of sex. yeah yeah I, yeah and I have to agree like you know having been in the industry uh, um for a few years it, it again it was a huge teacher and for me I think one of the one of the biggest tools that was part of my training was I, I really I started off with sensual like body rubs basically and I have to say like um I was I I totally zoned in and focused on this person a thousand percent um, and and even sensorily that like the touch of their skin and 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 the um, sort of dance that I was doing with their body and their skin and the oil and my skin and just it, it was like a meditation completely entirely on the, the sensory and I feel like that was a huge tool in training my mind for sexual sexual encounters you know mm -hmm. down the road so I just wanted to throw that out as a possible tool like a, yeah, <laughs> way a way for people, well like a way for people to start but right? it, like, yeah and how I really did I do really think that that to your partner helped my ways. sexual mastery you know and able to have you know fun sexual encounters with people I didn't really know very well well you know I'll, I'll just throw in also we also have this idea that if you're being sexual with somebody it means you're going all the way and you're having intercourse and in fact one of the things that you can do with a casual or new partner you could choose not to do everything and you can focus the encounter on the more sensual or on just using your hands um, and just have that be clear boundaries that you create for the encounter. And, um, you know, it's actually an awesome way to have sex casually with a lot less risk um, and still have a lot of erotic fun, um, but without uh, necessarily doing everything. Right. Okay, cool. Um, and then, so let me just, as we're talking about all of this, there's one thing in my mind that's um, bringing up a little fear bobble, and that's that um, 
at first I was thinking, okay, great. Yeah, it's not, don't feel pressure to have an orgasm through intercourse alone. But now mm-hmm. that you're saying that there's uh, there's all these possibilities and you can do it without like no hands and and this way, like there's so many different levels beyond the perfectionist inside of me is gets a little like, yeah the no oh, hands no. thing freaks me out i'm not there yet <laughs> you know uh, so it's like makes me it actually i feel a little burdened by the potential but um is there i don't know how can we how can and i'm sure i'm not the only perfectionist um, woman out or, there <laughs> well look at it this way if you went to, to a concert and you you were watching a, a master musician play their instrument Um, You can look at that and go, well, that's what mastery looks like. And I play an instrument, but I just I just started. I've only been playing for five years. You know, they've been playing for 30 years. So I think if you sort of look at it as a a lifelong learning journey and that there's lots more things to explore and discover and places to go and frame it that way, as opposed to like, oh, my gosh, now I have this other thing I have to learn how to do. And oh, then. Then I'm gonna have to learn how to ejaculate, and then I'm gonna have to learn to have orgasms standing on my head while I'm knitting or something. <laughs> um, you don't have to do anything, first of all. Um, and I think it's it's if you look at it as here's all the fun stuff I can move towards learning. Here's what's possible, not what I have to do. So I don't know if that if that's a helpful framework, but. But really look at it as as the possibility of mastery and where it can get you. And uh, as opposed to more things on your have-to-do list. Is that helpful? Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So we can, we can orgasm through intercourse. It's just not the way we've been, been taught. taught. So it's just not what, how most women start out. Right, right. Right. It's learnable, but most of us don't start out just automatically. Um, having orgasms that way and that's a huge myth um i want to close out um by reading some more positive and wholesome examples from media or erotic romance well so again back to our listener karen sent us some other samples we sort of had the like quick penetration like fuck traditional method yeah and then and i think she wrote a really great um this is from one of her books is that yes i mean it's specifically around teenage sex but i think this would be really helpful well i think it's a great way of highlighting kind of what we're going through and why talking with sherry is so helpful okay so she writes a sexual encounter like this 10 minutes later carrie was wondering for the thousandth time how the weird stain got on the ceiling of chuck's bedroom sometime after they had started having sex she decided it looked like a brown and yellow snowman And here she was again, another night ending with her more interested in the ceiling stain than Chuck, who was groping at her boobs while he pounded away at her till he made his usual whimpering noise, stiffened for a moment, then collapsed on top of her. Was this what everyone else is so excited about? Really? Maybe there was something wrong with her. Then again, maybe everyone else was faking how much they liked it, just like she was. Maybe MG was lying about how Steve could make her come and how great it felt. Carrie could make herself come, but sex with Chuck felt nothing like that. It wouldn't matter how long he pushed in and out of her. It wasn't going to happen. So that's from oh, one no. of Karen Gordon's That's so real. <laughs> that's oh, I love that. That is so real. It is so real. It's like being in the mind of a, of a teenager. I mean, yeah, or a lot of there. women who were, haven't. Weren't you, weren't you both there at some point? In the, oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is I don't know. 
anyway, I, I had one experience where I actually grabbed, I wrapped my legs on the guy and said, stop. I was like, stop. This isn't, this isn't what I, that's, that's good. This isn't working. <laughs> that's good. Develop I, your voice. Yeah. Well, well, it is. And I, again, I think it's, what's interesting is it's not to humiliate Chuck, by the way. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a, that balance. It's like, but gosh, there needs to be more communication. Sure. Mm-hmm. But he's learning. He's learning too. There's another, yeah. do you want me to read this? But even her speaking up and being able to say, I want to get more turn, you know, do this more. I'd love to be touched here more. It's like. Carrie and Chuck are at the beginning of their education. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm saying like talking, not judging the characters, but using them as examples of people like how, so how to Chuck and Carrie move forward, right. you know? Well, Mm -hmm. um, how do they move out of this frustration? They listen to the show we just had. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Please do read the other the other examples. The other is actually a continuation of one of the stories, isn't it? No, it's not. This is uh, uh, from an author, Victoria Dahl, who Karen really uh, enjoys. So if you're looking for more positive literature, go to Victoria Dahl or Karen Gordon. Um, Here it is. She dug her fingers into his hips and pressed her ass back hard. And he sank deep into her, setting off exactly the ache she wanted. But he was still too careful, still trying to read her. His hand rose to her neck, fingers spreading gently up her jaw to her tear-wet face. I'm sorry, he said. Isabel, please. She turned her head and bit his wrist, making him hiss and jerk away from her. I hate you, she growled as she pulled his hips back to her and sank his cock deep again. I hate you. The scene, okay, so this is like a, an yeah, angry love-making scene, but it finishes... Karen goes on to explain that that um, of her telling him to come and then refusing to let him make her come. So she was commenting on how it was a great use of a sex scene to to really tell the story of their relationship dynamic, but how it was also mostly she was uh, she's showing how a woman can own her sexuality and not be sort of a victim to her lack of control of her desire, you know, so she's owning it, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is yeah, and it's wonderful. like still arousing and titillating, and it's you know there's conflict, but it's um, more accurate to both parties having a voice and deciding what's happening, right? Yes. Yeah, and sex is complicated. You know, we do play out our relationship dynamics and our personal stuff. I mean, that's kind of real too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I all of the stuff that you were talking about, Sherry, kind of, and the way that you're describing the woman's body. I mean, it's such a, you know, I think you mentioned this in your in your book, it, you know, that it's they are these maps, and it's it is like this elaborate maze that, um, you know, if we're coming to each other in a in a ready listening state, and we're almost like you're saying a to have this meditation of I'm here to be open and listening and responsive to each other's bodies, mm-hmm. then it's a really exciting discovery about that specific mm-hmm. time, moment in time, right. rather than your chatterbox head <laughs> for men and women, you know, racing, mm-hmm. well, what did you mean by move my hand here? You don't like it when I do this or you don't, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, no, mm-hmm. it's just breathe. Yeah. It's just, you want to please your partner, the man and the woman. So yeah, yeah we do. We do. Well, you can find more um, by reading Sherry's book, uh, yeah. which is, well, you, you have several, but Women's Anatomy of Arousal is one we were sort of referencing here. Um, and you can also find out more by going to intimateartscenter.com. Sherry, you have classes as well, right? I mean, so people who want to kind of dive videos. more into it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mentioned right now we're focusing on online education. So um, in fact, at this very moment, um, if people are getting this uh, towards the, the end of uh, December 
2015, we're offering some super special deals right now on our online classes. Oh, great. If you want to find those out, you can go to intimateartsdeals.com. And right now there's um, 50% off for the next 10 buyers of um, our uh, winter series of online classes. And online classes are um, three or four weeks. There's a once a week live webinar and there's home play assignments and resources and videos and a chat group and all kinds of other stuff. So that's what's happening uh, where our focus is right now. So I invite people to check out uh, online education. Yeah, that sounds like fun. That's a good Christmas present right there. Yeah, and That's really awesome present. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. And if you actually uh, want to read more erotic literature as well, and you liked uh, Karen's little excerpt as well, the honesty of how sexuality happens. Um, that's actually from a, a. Can you read the title of her book as well? There's. I don't know if I have it in front of it, me. It's here. I saw it. Did you? Yeah. Well, pass, you can go to her website, which is KarenGordonAuthor.com. And and Karen is with a K A R E N. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. GordonAuthor.com. And it's from the book Burnouts, Geeks, and Jesus Freaks: A Love Story. And she also has another one: Pop Stars, Friends, and Lovers: A Dreamer's Tale. And uh, and you're listening to TNA Talk Sex. Sherry, thank you so much for being with us again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's really fun talking to you. Okay. Um, You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, our website, tatalksex.com. And be sure to remember to get your codes for the uh, Christmas gifts that you heard over the break. Tra-la-la. 